Welcome to episode two of New Balance's podcast. I'm your host, Adam, and I am here with my beautiful wife, Betty. Betty, welcome. Thanks. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. You're great. So last week in my episode that I released, I talked about uh, my transition from seminary life to uh, regular average Joe life and a little bit about um, dating. Um, And I know that when you and I met, we had come from very different paths as far as dating. I was brand new, kind of, to it. Um, And you had a long running start of uh, dating because I was 10 years in a monastery. And to my knowledge, you were not in a monastery or convent. So that's what I mean by head start. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is that fair to say? Careful. I'm not trying to uh, be risque at all with my comments about my wife. Um, But I wanted to start a little bit um, talking about, since the overarching theme of my podcast is adapting and overcoming to certain circumstances, um, for us and where we met on the dating apps was quite interesting. Um, I know that... I had uh, said on my podcast, episode one, that I had paid for all of the dating apps. I paid for uh, Tinder, Catholic Match, Match, Bumble, and I think the other one was Coffee Meets Bagel. So I was throwing a lot of money out into the dating app world, and I wasn't seeing a lot of return on my investment into this thing uh, until I met you, because you were the first person of real substance that I met on the dating apps and it was such a breath of fresh air because I was like huh this person's a real person they are coming into this uh, first date without any preconceived notions of where they wanted things to go they came with a general interest in trying to find out about the person that was across the table from them so that's at least how I read into the scenario and your disposition uh, on our first date. Well, I never imagined we'd end up here, so... Here we are recording a podcast uh, talking about our life. Mm-hmm. So I think a good place for us to start is back on the 11th of November. 2018. 2018, uh, which was a semi-brisk uh, fall afternoon slash evening um, where we met at a local coffee shop which was I think uh, between the two of us from where we lived at the time I was in Milton and you were in Dorchester and I always refer to it as the Sunrise Cafe but that is not the name of it as you remind me all the time I'm so glad you remember such a momentous day (laughs) (laughs) I do remember the day in the evening. I just have trouble with names sometimes. But uh, I remember the most was that uh, we each ordered one beverage, myself a coffee and you a tea, and we talked for what felt like no time at all. 
But at the same time, I think like three hours had passed. I think so. They were getting ready to close. And we were still chit-chatting. So during that first date at uh, Coffee Break, we talked for three hours. Was there anything uh, for you that stood out about me from the rest of the people you may have been seeing at that time? Um, I remember thinking, wow, he looks so handsome because he was you were wearing Bruins shirt and it looks very nice on you. It's still one of my favorites that you own. I do love it. <laughs> and I remember thinking, I wonder if he wore that because he knows I'm a Bruins fan. So yes. <laughs> so in going through your pictures, uh, one of the pictures that jumped out for me the most was... It was sort of a side profile of your face. You were at Fenway and you were wearing a ball cap and you had your ponytail pulled through the uh, the hat size adjuster. And I was like, huh, okay, she likes sports. And November, we were just kicking into high gear for uh, the Bruins season. Uh, and I thought, she likes sports, I like sports. Let me wear that. So since it was the Bruins start to the season, I thought I would wear a Bruins pullover because uh, it's also my favorite. Uh, for those of you who might be hearing some background noises of what we like to call the jingle jangles. Um, our we have dog a just walked into the room. Yeah, our, our dog walked into the recording studio, so you'll hear his collar as he moves around looking for pets because he loves to be the center of attention and can't take it when he's not. So that for me was um, a plus. Like I knew that you were someone who seemed to be down to earth and liked sports and I was like, this is awesome. I also remember being a little bit intimidated before I met you with your background and having been in the seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, when sitting, once we sat down and we were talking to each other, those, that intimidation kind of went away. So you haven't dated anybody else who was in the seminary? I have not. No. Would you say that that would be a rarity in the dating pool? I've never known anyone. That's a lie. Because my uncle left the seminary. But I had not come across anyone in all of my years of dating, as you mentioned before. That's not what I meant. You knew it. (laughs) Um, I had never met someone with such an interesting background. I think I also threw you a curveball, too, with my uh, dating profile and all the exotic places that I had seen. Mm-hmm. Some false advertising. Some false there. advertisement. Not a big traveler, but I do remember distinctly posting a picture uh, of me atop a camel, which arguably might be the strongest camel in the history of the world uh, for holding me up. Uh, but that was from an awesome trip in Jordan when I lived in the Middle East. Well, we should clarify that we met on Bumble, not Hinge. It wasn't Hinge? It was not Hinge. And on Bumble, the girl makes the first move. Mm-hmm. And so I'm pretty sure my opening line was something to the effect of, where did you ride the camel? Because I have also ridden on a camel, but in Egypt. That does uh, ring a bell as far as your opening line about the camel, because... Uh, You had some travel pictures in there, and I had a feeling that that might come up. (laughs) 
So after that first date, um, I think I tried to lock you down immediately for the next weekend uh, because I wanted to see you again because I wasn't done talking to you. And our second date was at Steel and Rye. And we had a beautiful dinner. It was right after my godson's baptism. Uh, I come back from Rhode Island up here to the Boston area. And it's a wonderful restaurant. I don't remember too much from that dinner. Uh, I think you had chicken and I had pizza. Okay. You have a much better memory than I do. I remember that I enjoyed the conversation and getting to know you more and getting to know uh, a little bit about our backgrounds and family life. And then uh, after our third date, which was an interactive date, and we had a lot of fun, I think we... Went bowling. We went bowling. To that super cute bowling alley that you found. In Holbrook, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the first time or the... I did candle pin because I remember having the smaller balls when I was a kid, but it didn't have the candle pin. Like we used regular size pins or something. And it was weird in Rhode Island. It was a weird place and I don't remember much of it. For those of you who can't see her facial features, she was squinting and uh, mocking Rhode Island. So. Uh, she did it in a playful way. She loves Rhode Island because that's where I'm from, so she has to love it. Mm-hmm. And that's that. And then uh, from there, we quickly uh, progressed to doing more fun things. Uh, I went to... Uh, I didn't go to. I was invited to a concert. Your first concert. My first concert. Um, or your first country concert. My first country concert at uh, the House of Blues in Boston. And for those of you who don't know where that is, it's on Lansdowne Street across from Fenway Park. Um, and I apologize for any noise you hear in the background. As we mentioned earlier, uh, Jameson, the pup, is up here and he is going to town on a chew toy. Um, I don't yet have the noise absorbing uh, sound things to try to insulate the sound, but uh, those will be coming here shortly. And I remember leading up to that date at the House of Blues that I was very nervous about making a wrong move on you because I didn't want to screw it up. So I remember uh, being super anxious, but at the same time, I knew that I had to do something because up to this point, you and I had not done more than hug. Because mm-hmm. mm. I thought you were putting me in the friend zone. As somebody who was professionally in the friend zone for a long time, the friend zone is what we call, or used to make fun of in the seminary, as being the professional friend zone because um, we were not on the market and we considered ourselves to be in the friend zone. So that was a lot of fun. Um, But I was not putting you in the friend zone. I just didn't know how to make the approach. So I'd like to hear it from your perspective on um, leading up to the concert, how you were feeling a little bit, 
and also um, our first quasi-dance in the Rose at the House of Blues. Because I remember it was the guy in the skinny jeans. Russell Dickerson. Russell Dickerson singing about a blue pickup truck. A blue Tacoma. A blue Tacoma. Mm -hmm. Good song. And we were dancing in the Rose, way up in the nosebleeds. I can't remember where we sat. Um, what were my feelings leading up to that? Mm -hmm. Well, like I said, I thought I was kind of being friend-zoned. Um, you were a little bit more touchy, not in a creepy way, um, at the concert, which was nice. I liked it. I do try not to be creepy. Yes. <laughs> so basically, I was just wondering where this was all going to go. And then when we walked to our cars after the show... And you hugged me goodbye, and you said, I have to do this. And you grabbed my face, and you kissed me for the first time. I felt like I had to do something because we were four or five dates in. Um, I didn't know exactly how to make a first move. It was perfect. But I'm glad that you thought it was perfect because I thought I was being weird nope. and creepy. So knowing that it worked out in the end and you know we're like married now uh, is a good thing that I didn't creep you out so A plus for that effort good job I'm gonna pat myself on the back right quick shortly after that date uh, I think like within two or three days I had to go off to um, Pittsburgh with my friend uh, Father Demetrius because he had gotten some tickets to a hockey game, Penguins and Bruins, um, out in Pittsburgh. So I caught a flight. But before I caught the flight, I had to catch an Uber uh, from Milton at like the ungodly hour of four in the morning. I remember back in the time when you could get Ubers and Lyfts here in the city of Boston, which are very hard to come by. Uh, currently because of the pandemic and uh, everything related to that but um, while I was gone I remember missing you and I remember texting you as often as I could I even got yelled at in the casino because I was playing blackjack and I kept checking my phone because I thought you were sending me messages and you were um, and even when you weren't I felt phantom vibrations and I was checking my phone and I got yelled at by the dealer and one of the pit bosses or something that you're not allowed to look at your phone while you're playing card games at the casino. So I learned something new. Um, you're welcome. Thank you. I, I'd really appreciate you uh, helping me in that learning environment. Uh, and then shortly after that, I asked if you would uh, pick me up and you were more than happy to pick me up. Uh, and I remember just being beside myself with joy that I would get to see you again. And it was so good to see you, even though I was only gone for like two days, but to be able to see you uh, just lit up my day. A couple days after I got back, maybe a week or a week and a half after I got back from Pittsburgh, you got to take one of your um, big traveling trips that you uh, would take to the other side of the world. Where did you go? Well, I went to Australia to see my best friend's family. Uh, which part of Australia? Australia is 
big. Uh, that trip I was in Western Australia, Perth and Busselton, to be exact. I can honestly say I've never been there, so I know that it's on the left-hand coast, the west coast, as you said. Um, Someday we'll get you there. I'll get there, eventually. I'll have to take a couple plane trips, because I don't think they have any direct flights yet. Nope, two planes. Two planes. Three planes. No, two planes this trip. Two planes, okay. Um, I remember driving you there to the airport, and I knew that I was going to miss you terribly, but... Um, I knew how much travel was going to bring you joy and to see your best friend was going to bring you a lot of joy. Um, but I knew that I was going to miss you. And how did you feel about, um, I mean, we'd only been dating at that point for like a month and a half, two months-ish. How, how were you feeling when you departed for this trip? I didn't know at the time what my feelings were exactly. It took being in Australia and being so far away from you to realize how much I liked you and how much I missed you because I didn't have a lot of access to Wi-Fi so I couldn't FaceTime you or text you and I was always wondering what you were doing and I wanted to tell you about my day and seeing kangaroos and all the other fun things I was doing, and I, I wished you were with me. I remember getting the text messages from you uh, when I could, and it would just brighten up my day because you'd be texting me goodnight as I was waking up, and you know we'd be trading uh, sleeping hours, but uh, being able to wake up to a text message from you or to get one in the middle of the day uh, was a very awesome delight and you know, I got to FaceTime with you once uh, I think you were on some sort of farm and I remember talking to you and meeting uh, your best friend's family for a hot second and getting the picture when you guys were at the beach um, th those were awesome times to just even though I knew you did not have access to the internets that you were still thinking about me uh, to shoot me a message. When I did have access to Wi-Fi, finally, wherever we were traveling around, um, you were always the first person that I wanted to contact, and then my mom. Of course, always gotta check in with mom. That was one of the deals I had with um, my mom when I was traveling uh, back in the day. Uh, that whenever I would get on a plane or get off a plane, I would let her know that I was safe and what was going on in the world. I remember when I came to pick you up, uh, we had a fun interaction because I hadn't had the forethought to buy you flowers, so I had to buy the airport flowers. And I went and I happened to see you standing in a window uh, in what I thought was the customs area. So I went up and tapped and waved at you, and you waved back, and uh, we were talking through text message, and uh, somebody told me that all I had to do was walk about 100 feet that way and turn a corner, and what I thought was the secure area was actually not a secure area, and you were just on the other side of the wall that <laughs> didn't have a door on it. So. And this was also... 
probably 15, 20 minutes of us talking through the wall, texting through the wall. That was fun. <laughs> After you got back from Australia, uh, I feel like the pace picked up quickly. Very much so. That's when we started talking about moving in together, you moving into my place. Um, we opened a joint bank account because we were planning a trip to Europe in the summer. And then that bank account turned into our wedding fund. Which was very quick, but I felt like it was very organic the way that it all happened. Um, minus the having a wedding date before we got you a ring. We wanted that date. We wanted a date. I had one thing. Bye, Jameson. Just walked out the door. Um, I remember just wanting to have a winter wedding, and you got to pick the date because I did not want to sweat my rear end off. And I wanted a fun wedding date, and what's better than leave day? February 29th, 2020. Mm -hmm. It was an awesome day. Oh, hi, Jameson. Uh, it was before Jameson came into our lives. Hi, sticking your nose up here. Um, and uh, on that awesome day, uh, we did not get the snow that we had hoped for. Nope. But we had a lot of fun. It was important to me that we got married in the church, given my background. And you said you'd be happy to get married in a church as long as we got married. In my church? In your church. And your church has a special distinction here in Boston as being the only basilica within the Archdiocese and with, I think within New England. Um, and my gosh, was I blown away when I went in for the first time. Um, your uncle also used to be one of the priests there. And where I work now, one of your other uncles was the priest there. So that was a fun connection when we got, uh, when I, we put that together, but that would be a digression, and we're trying not to do that, because <laughs> I like to tell stories. Um, but another component uh, to our wedding was you wanted a honeymoon. Yes, that's what I signed up for. That's what you signed up for. <laughs> um, so we delivered with the honeymoon, but... Um, you delivered with the honeymoon. Well, it was a wee thing. You planned it. Yeah, but we went on it. That's so it was true. a wee thing. We both had a lot of fun on our honeymoon. Uh, the criteria was it had to be something that neither of us had done or had visited before. So uh, the editorial we uh, decided on a cruise to the Western Caribbean for seven days. And we had a lot of fun, you and I. Yes, we did. I want to be back there right now. Me too. Not all cruises are currently sailing, though, because of something that happened while we were on the cruise. Mm -hmm. And that is the pandemic. While we were on our cruise, um, COVID really started to hit the U.S. really hard. We had known about it um, being in Europe and in Asia, but we really hadn't known too much about it here in the U.S. 
And what happened uh, on the cruise ship was one day we were allowed to serve ourselves a uh, buffet, food, and uh, open up public bathroom doors by ourselves. And then the next day we couldn't do any of that. And people would have to fill up your drinks for you. And uh, that was a whole new world because, you know, uh, I had, uh, because I had booked the honeymoon, I had access to the internet for a limited time, and when I would turn my phone on the once a day uh, to get news and uh, updates and send photos to family, uh, that's when we would get news updates that uh, things were not so hot in the U.S., and uh, things began to shut down very quickly. So we knew we were coming home to a bit of a uh, different world than we had left. And we didn't really know what we were coming home to. No, no idea. Uh, did not know that we would have to look far and wide for toilet paper. Mm -hmm. That was not fun. Uh, you know, we found some at gas stations or uh, ordered some from Staples, and uh, you ordered some too from Staples, which was your idea. I just happened to steal it, and I bought some from work. So that we, was we survived. We survived, um, and then uh, I lost my job. You did lose your job. Luckily, you did not. I did not lose my job. Uh, we got to have an extended honeymoon. I like to um, kind of comedically call it our extended honeymoon because we went into a quarantine uh, here in Massachusetts uh, that lasted for like two months. Um, so from end of March to uh, the end of May, I was home with you and I knew that if we could survive the quarantine, our marriage can survive anything. And while I jokingly say that if we can survive quarantine, we can survive anything, uh, on a more serious note, um, we did have to weather a very difficult storm in the beginning or mid-quarantine um, when we found out that you were pregnant and then um, tragically, uh, you suffered a miscarriage. And then it was like six days after the miscarriage. Uh, it didn't work out this way, but um, we ended up picking up our adopted pandemic puppy, uh, which really, I wouldn't call him a pandemic puppy because we knew that we were gonna get a dog uh, shortly after we got married. Um, that was the deal all along. That was the deal all along. And we picked up Jameson uh, from West Hartford, from a beautiful organization called Paws New England. We got the best puppy of the pandemic puppies. I think so. He's got a great temperament. Uh, we tested him sort of right away with uh, having your nieces and nephews over. He did great with babies and with um, some adolescence and he is just so snuggly and so adorable um, I'll put a picture of him up on the Instagram uh, 
for all of you who want to see what he looks like. But his name is Jameson because uh, his dad loves the Jameson whiskey. And uh, we joked that uh, if we were to get another dog, what would his name be? His name would be Pinot for Pinot Noir because that's mommy's favorite drink. Mm-hmm. So we love him and he loves us. And right now, if you could see him, he's laying down on a uh, faux bearskin rug like he killed the bear. So he's asserting his dominance over that rug at the moment, currently. After the miscarriage and after getting Jameson, we did continue trying to get pregnant again. Um, there was a lot of tracking, a lot of peeing on sticks, a lot of crying. Um, at the request, or at the advice of my nurse practitioner, um, we decided to seek fertility treatment. And... I think the, obviously, the fertility treatments uh, were a great way to go because we had uh, the help of science in trying to, um, trying to get pregnant and helping us to um, achieve that goal of getting pregnant and growing our family. I was really grateful um, for this nurse practitioner to send me kind of quickly into the fertility treatment world just because of my age and she's so kind and thoughtful and not all healthcare providers are that helpful. Um, so I was really, really grateful to her. So we moved on to our fertility, fertility clinic. Um, I didn't love the doctor, but um, the place was wonderful and most of the staff that worked there was also wonderful. Uh, we started doing lots of different testing, um, genetic testing, testing to make sure all of my parts were working correctly, there were no blockages, no funny business going on in my reproductive system. Luckily all that came back clear and then you did your side of the testing, which is... Much less invasive. <laughs> uh, and not quite as painful. Nope, not at all. and. Uh, everything came back clear on my end as well. So we moved uh, from all of the testings into uh, the IUI cycles, which uh, for those of you who don't know, and I don't want to feel like I'm mansplaining things, uh, IUI stands for... Interuterine insemination. Okay. So they take Adam's bits and insert them into my bits. And from there, we would wait two weeks to find out uh, if... Everything had worked out and if we conceived. Um, this also involved taking medication and luckily only one injection per round. Um, lots of internal ultrasounds um, and monitoring and blood work. Um, we did four rounds of this and luckily our fourth round was successful. Very successful because we are now almost 20 weeks along with our baby girl who is due in November. Woohoo! Sigh of relief. <laughs> After four cycles, um, and I'm ecstatic that we're pregnant, but the road uh, to get here has not been a straight and narrow 
uh, path that I thought it was going to be. And um, I'm grateful that I was able to have you by my side during all this. And I know because you've told me how grateful you were to have me by your side through all of this. And it was something that we approached together. Yes. I am incredibly grateful to have you by my side. This was a incredibly difficult process and a roller coaster of emotions. Um, and I believe I had said to you while we were waiting in the two week wait, as they call it, after our fourth IUI, that I didn't know if I could continue on and do it again because it was really painful month after month to go through all of that. It was essentially like a part-time job, <laughs> tracking and testing and going in at 6.30 a.m. for ultrasounds and blood work. I remember the binders and the tests and um, the, the tears through all of the testing and retesting and more testing uh, that you had to undergo. And I can't imagine the uh, heaviness of the the mental anguish but with each passing cycle that I felt so helpless uh, I felt like the only thing that I could do was to give you a hug and to rub your shoulders because I knew that there was nothing that I could do to make you feel better there was no silver bullet or magic pill that you know just presto changeo you know made things happen and it was a very uh, weird place to be in because I, I feel like you know a guy just wants to be uh, able to snap his fingers and make his wife's life perfect and sometimes that's not the case but I feel like there's a bit of perfection when you have a partner by your side uh, who's willing to walk that path with you and you know, to, we hold, held each other up through it all. Definitely. Coming off of the uh, heavy topic of fertility treatments, um, we spilled the beans, but my wife is pregnant, and we, um, we wanted to do something that, well, I wanted to do something initially, uh, and that was to do a gender reveal party which you were initially a little apprehensive about. I, I, I don't like being the center of attention, and I felt I'm also old, and so a gender reveal party seemed very... Juvenile? <laughs> not juvenile. Millennial. Millennial. To okay. me. All right, shots fired. I hear you. <laughs> you know, but you're not old. You're just older than I'm, me. I'm older. Um, it, it's not something... None of my friends had ever done one. It just... Um, but as when we found out we were pregnant, the idea started to make some sense to me. And um, because of COVID, Adam was not allowed to come to pretty much any appointment. Um, so I was always, you know, seeing the baby, seeing the heartbeat, you know, finding out the information and then calling him and telling him. And I kind of realized that this gender reveal could be a really good way for us to experience something that momentous um, together and finding it out at the same exact time 
was actually a really awesome surprise and it was really nice to do that together it was super awesome um and you know we invited our closest family and friends and because many of our closest family and friends were not able to be there in person because you know they live either out of the country or out of uh driving distance you know you had the wonderful millennial idea to have a little zoom uh session i cannot take credit for that that was our lovely friend julie who lives in nova scotia uh nova scotia so thank you julie uh for that um but we were able to have all of our closest family and friends present physically and virtually uh to find out the gender of our baby girl. And so my wonderful, amazing best friend, Melissa, who makes amazing, delicious cakes, um, I gave her the login information for my test results, which had the gender um, inside of it. I gave her the login, and three days before, she looked at it, and so she was the only person at the party who knew the gender of the baby and we cut into her fabulous, delicious cake, and we saw pink dots. Oh, wonderful vanilla cake with pink dots in it. Initially, I was like, where's... I was expecting, like, a bright pink or a bright, solid blue, mm-hmm. and that's how we were going to know, but we really had to, like, pick the cake out a little bit and see that it was pink, and... We both lost our shit. <laughs> we started crying. We hung up on the Zoom people and said, thanks for coming, bye-bye, and hung up on them uh, because we were just overcome with absolute joy. Well, it made it seem a little bit more real. Yeah, it does. And we uh, just went for the anatomy scan this past week where we got a nice little uh, surprise that we weren't expecting. Um, with the ultrasound where uh, our beautiful baby girl gave us a great big thumbs up in utero. So, you know, we're doing this parenting thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> likes what I'm eating, I guess. Yeah. So this has been uh, a fun walk down memory lane with you. And I'm glad uh, we've got a lifetime of lanes to create memories on. I love you. I love you. So this is episode two of New Balances. Uh, and this is Adam and Betty signing off. And we will see you next week. Or I will see you next week uh, <laughs> with another guest. Uh, we'll see you soon. Good night. Good night.